This is Bill McLive, iHeartRadio's talk for the Space Coast. With today's Common Sense on Common Radio. Here's Bill Mick. Word Games, the uh, headline at BillMinnick.com. All the stories in play today posted there for you. The McPherson Financial Group bringing you hour number three of the show today. And as being our first day of the week together, it means we're... ...by Dave Bowman, host of Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast, out of Silverdale, Washington, as uh, Dave and I get together and discuss things that we find of interest, and hopefully you do too, and we let you participate at 321-768. 1240. Good morning, Dave Bowman. How in the world are things in Washington today? Good morning, Bill. We're doing uh, we're doing good up here. Very, very. Did you say your weather has been rather calm and nice? It it surprisingly has. They keep every time I go to bed, they're calling for snow overnight, and then I get up the next morning, and it's just uh, might it might rain tonight. So when you get snow, do you get it uh, a lot of it? Is it you know stopping traffic and and snow days for kids when they're in school that type of stuff? When we get it, it'll shut it down for a week to two. We had, uh, I think it was, was it 2018? We had Snowmageddon. We were shut down for two weeks. So, that yeah. That's not good. It's, it's, it's a little What's unfair. What's all the other shutdowns you've had because of, of government reaction to the coronavirus and right. the like? You guys have, have not had it simple at all, have you? No, we haven't. It's a little unfair with the snow, though, because, A, uh, we have a Subaru. And B, I grew up in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, so for me, it's not that big of a right. deal. But for for a lot of people around here, it'll, it'll shut things down. Um, there, you know, the Inslee Zero came out this week, and he didn't say we were shutting down again, but man, he sure he sure leaning hard into that over this Omnicraw nonsense. <laughs> and at the same time he announced that bill, he announced that we're going to spend $800 million, $800 million on homeless services. And we're going to use coronavirus relief money to do that. Because wouldn't it be cheaper to buy them all bus tickets to LA? Well, that's what I was thinking. Uh, I ran the numbers and it's like 21,000 homeless people in, in, in Washington state, $800 million of coronavirus money, you know, the most infectious, dangerous disease humanity has ever faced. But we're going to spend the money we got for it on homeless issues. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And and the reason we got there is because your area, like ours, you guys have a huge Boeing and other military contractor population up there. Boeing announcing on, I guess, Friday it was, that they're not going to um, enforce the mandatory vaccination requirement for their U.S.-based employees, they're a military contractor. I went to breakfast with a friend of mine who works at L3 Harris, and he said they got notice of the same thing. Do you think these contractors have awakened to the idea that uh, this is not a smart thing for the government or them to participate in? No, I don't don't think that's what's happened at all. In fairness, now let me say this. I don't think that Boeing or L3 Harris or any other contractor wanted to do them in the first place. That's part of the whole issue. But the the review, the the memo for Boeing came after the first district court's ruling 
uh, not first. Who was it? The sixth? I don't remember. Fifth or sixth? The fifth. It was the sixth fifth. That, that said that the right. uh, hundred plus employee mandate could stay. Right. So whichever one it was that that overturned, it, I think it was fifth. Um, after that, they stated that that was the reason not to enforce it, along with some state laws which limit some things up here. But right. now that you have the Sixth Circuit Court coming out and saying, "Oh no, this is fine. Go right ahead." I don't know. I mean, that sets up a that sets up a Supreme Court battle, which is, of course, where this was always going well, to go. Where anyway. this needed to go anyway, right. right? It's where it's always going to go. Um, uh-huh. At which point, you know, I mean, you have to assume because I'm told that it's six three conservative. I don't believe that. You have to assume that the vaccine mandates would be struck down as unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then you know, then we're going to have the howling and screeching about how. You know, the Omicron is going to kill us all. And how dare these people, you know, do this kind of thing? Uh, I, I think it's good. You know, Boeing doesn't need to be losing any more people. Boeing's got enough problems right now as it is. Uh, they don't need to be losing a lot of people because there's a lot of folk up here that are not happy about a vaccine mandates. And uh-huh. Now, were, were your contractor employees, you know, whether they're engineers or whatever, um, we had a very active group here that was protesting at the various contractor locations, and they were scheduled, they were organized, they were outside of work hours. These folks were going to a protest for an hour, hour and a half before work, and then going in and completing their work through the workday. They were very vocal and very visible about this. We had, we were having regular reports from those who were participating during the time that was going on, and they, they were very confident that they were going to be able to, to stop this. I'm not so sure I could be, but they seem to be very confident of where they were. Did you have the same thing, experience the same thing with your employees out there? We had some rumors of that, and there have been people on the streets here in Silverdale. Uh, however, there's been zero media coverage of it. The media has not picked up on it. None of the three uh, Puget Sound newspapers that I follow have picked it up. It's not been on any of the television news. It's almost as if they're just ignoring it because, you know, it's just a bunch of crackpots who are who are – who want people to die of the Omicron? So why should we? Why should we listen to them? There, there's been no coverage of it, but there's a little bit of social media pushback. And again, I have seen some of the protests here in Silverdale. Now I don't know that those are contractors. For for all I know, those might just be crazy people. I don't know. But but at the same time, yeah, huh? I have seen them, but there's no coverage of it. Well, the Seattle Times story you shared, and I've got it shared with our audience this morning at BillMick.com and on the WMMB Facebook page, said that the mandate faced fervent opposition from a vocal minority of Boeing workers. And and the other thing in the story is that 90-plus, 92% of them across the country have been vaccinated, so it seems to be a minority of employees. And, look, I've had friends in the industry that are upset vocal, but because of their financial obligations, because of needing to take care of their families, many of them went ahead and got vaccinated, even though they didn't really want to. That's what I've believed from the day from day one of this, Bill. And we've, we've talked about this before. This is how they're going to get you. They're going to put you in the position where you either take the vaccination or we destroy your life. Right, wrong doesn't matter. It, it Constitutional rights don't matter. We're going to destroy you because we can. We have that power to do it. This is no different than O'Brien having Winston stretched out on the thing saying, how many fingers am I holding up? You may be right. It may be four. But until you say it's five, 
we're going to continue to cause pain. You want in with Dave Bowman? It's three two one seven six eight twelve forty. We pick it up in a minute here on WMMB. Chateau Madeline and Suntree, one of our sponsors on the program, and it could come a time for any of us where senior loved ones in our lives need that assisted living facility. And if you're going to do that, don't you want it where they can have a home, a real life, and a place that gives them that opportunity? Well, Chateau Madeline is committed to doing just that. It's a locally owned facility, and their executive director, Eric Hardoon, committed to having a place where life can get better with a real and beautiful home. When I toured the facility just a little while back, Everyone I talked to who worked there was thrilled to be there. It's the kind of environment you want for that senior loved one in your life. Uh, At the resort side of it, a bar, two restaurants, a cafe, a game room, outdoor patios, and an outdoor party tent for events weekly there for folks to enjoy, plus all the transportation they need to local activities, appointments, and the like. And the memory care facility, bringing a multifaceted approach to memory care for those memory care patients in your life. So learn more at SuntreeSeniorLiving.com or give them a call and schedule a tour now. 321-701-8000 for Chateau Madeline. Dave Bowman with us as we, uh, Dave, you said from the beginning that if this coronavirus is all that it was laid out to be for us, and now with all the panic over the Omicron variant, which seems to be the one you want to get if you want to get one, have they quit talking about herd immunity? Because a less severe strain would seem to be what you'd want folks to have to get that herd immunity that they were talking about in the first of the virus, but have quit talking about it since. It's so weird, isn't it? I mean, it is. first off, there isn't a politician in this land that can say Omicron. They, they can't say it right. <laughs> Every, it always comes out Omni. Um, watching Biden try to say that was hysterical. And, and ends Did you see the worse. Star Trek video all the times they used it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, I, it was good. And even they didn't do it consistently. No. And, and you know, it's so weird because we don't talk. I mean, I, literally the only person I've heard say wash your hands in the last two months is you when you're talking about your Aunt Betty or whoever. And Yeah, that's right, Aunt Betty. Nobody's talking about social distancing. It's entirely two things, vaccinations and masks. And that's it. And somehow or another, you know, Napoleon said it, don't reinforce insanity. Well, if vaccines and masks worked, why are we having more outbreaks? They don't uh-huh. work. They don't do what they're supposed to do. And if if this is everything we've been told it is, we're doing everything wrong. Now, I'm not advocating for this, but if this really was that bad, why didn't we, you know, shut everything down and lock people in their houses and, and force it? Because it's not that bad. This is this is. Didn't we do that and that didn't work? And it just hurt the economy? Well, we sort of did it. We didn't, you know, I mean, we didn't, we didn't necessarily. Two weeks, baby, to flatten the curve. That's right. all. Right. But we weren't locking people in their houses. I mean, there were essential businesses, Bill. Essential businesses like marijuana sales and, and alcohol sales. Those were still open. So. Uh, and box stores. Right. Yeah. Well, Mom right. and Pop had to shut down. Yeah, it was ugly and it was stupid. Dave Bowman with us for the hour. And speaking of encouraging insanity, at the risk of doing so. We're going to take Dave into the wizarding world of Harry Potter when we come back. It's a Tuesday edition of Bill Mick Live on 92.7 FM WMMB. Don't forget when it's Christmas music you're hankering for. Light Rock 99.3 has it 24-7 through the holiday. We're back in moments.
Get your ticket for today's Train of Thought at 321-768-1240. The McPherson Financial Group bringing... Our Dave Bowman, host of Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast. Links for you at BillMick.com this morning. You can always catch up with Dave there. And uh, talking today's Train of Thought so far for us has been reaction to the coronavirus and the suspension of the military contractors of the requirement to be vaccinated until things get settled in court. Dave, I think it's only reasonable that until it's settled, they not do this. But as we noted earlier, far too late for some of our friends who work in the industry. They've already been vaccinated in self-defense mode. That should have been the attitude all along. The contractors, employers should have said, "Mm, let's wait until there's a, a ruling on this one way or the other. Because Again, this isn't a law. It's not even an executive order. It's a set of rules from OSHA that has nothing to do with this. It should have been all along, but you know, it's there's this is all about power and control and money. So the reaction was predictable. We'll see what happens in the court. I I don't have the faith in the Supreme Court that some people do. So I don't know how this is going to go. But uh Hopefully. Yeah. How'd that work out with Obamacare, right? That that justify, even though the court is different now, justifiable to have concerns. And as you mentioned, power, it's also indicative to me that we have handed too much of Congress's authority and of, of power to OSHA and other federal agencies that have been giving lawmaking ability in their rulemaking power because Congress said, hey, this is OK. Go ahead and do it. You know, I know we got a caller, but can we circle yeah. back to that thought after the caller? Because I, I think there's something in that that we really need to talk about. Sure, we can do that. Let's go to Jim, who's in Vieira. Hey, Jim, welcome, buddy. Hey, good morning, Bill. You know, there's always a couple of things that take place that make any common sense investigator ask a question. And, and the questions here become more profound as time has gone on. Question one, if masks work, why wouldn't we have just given masks to the prisoners in jail? It would have made them safe. We didn't need to release a soul. Question two that I have is, um, since people, if, if the vaccines are 95% effective, how did 50% of the New York Yankees and almost all of the Saturday Night Live crew all contract the virus after having all the, both shots of their vaccinations? Uh, that's almost a statistic impossibility. You could have eight Yankees out of 20 get the virus if they all been vaccinated and have the best medical care. Statistic three is one that's a big question for me. Um, after the vaccines have become more readily available and more people have had them in 2021, why do we have nearly double the coronavirus deaths that we had than before they were readily available and out there for everybody in 2020? And lastly, after two years, why don't we have a statistical comparison of equal-sized cities for the mortality rate in states where we did not have strict enforcement of restrictions on our freedoms compared to states and cities that did? Because by this point in time, there should be a huge disparity in the mortality rate um, if the virus is as deadly and contagious as they're telling us it is. Yeah, and the studies that we're seeing coming out of predominantly schools across the country, Jim, is that masked and unmasked matter that they're seeing the same level, which would prove your point that masks aren't effective. And the only other question you've raised I have an answer for 
is it's the Yankees. Who really cares? <laughs> Thanks for being here, buddy. Dave, your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the answer to that question is because the vaccines aren't as efficient or as effective as we're being told they are, which again goes back to what I've said. If this is everything we've been told it is, we're doing everything wrong. Stop it. That's very true. Let me uh, take a minute and remind everyone that the McPherson Financial Group is this hour's sponsor of our program. End of the year, time to review your financial plan, your retirement plan, and make sure everything is going as you need it to in order to have a successful retirement. Well, you got to define successful retirement. What is it? It's the ability to have the lifestyle that you've become accustomed to in the years when you're not working. Have you invested enough? Has the plan garnered enough uh, rewards for you to be able to have you doing that? Well, Art and the staff at the McPherson Financial Group will give you a complimentary portfolio analysis, taking a look at your uh, end-of-year financial checklist, and then making recommendations. Say, you know what, here's what we can do that might change things for you. Reach out to them at 321-253-2016 or see them online at mcphersonfinancialgroup.com. Don't forget, the McPherson Financial Group LLC is a financial services firm. They offer a broad array of products and services that include insurance and annuities. They're licensed in Florida. I'm compensated for this endorsement. And, yes, they do handle my financial planning. So reach out to Art and the staff at the McPherson Financial Group. They're bringing you this hour of our show. Dave Bowman with us from Silverdale, Washington. Dave, we were talking about regulatory power and the effect of law that's been handed to these agencies in the federal government. No wonder the contractors are afraid of OSHA. They've been allowed to, to whip these people, beat them for years, so they're used to that. I can see why they'd make the call. And how did we get to that point, Bill? This is, this is where I want to go with this. How did we get to the point where these regulatory agencies, which are part of the executive department, get mm-hmm. so much power? Well... Because Congress checked its responsibility to them. Which they've been doing since 1798. We talked about this on Constitution Thursday with the cargo of the Brig Aurora and so forth and so on. But this is what this is what's fascinating me because this is the same argument over Joe Manchin and West Virginia. How can one person stop what democracy wants? That was the whole point of why we set up our Congress the way we did was so that the small states could check the powers of the big states from doing things like, you know, the state of Georgia declaring war on Spain and forcing the other states to go along with them. Well, just because 49 states want to do something doesn't make it intelligent, doesn't make it right. And if it takes one state to stop it, God bless him. But we're still back to the problem of why isn't Congress doing this? And the answer is because nobody in Congress is there to actually govern. They're there to get rich and powerful and book deals while the executive governs this country. And until we solve that, and this is what the anti-federalists feared and they were afraid of, theoretically, the federalists were afraid of the same thing. One person, one department being able to run the whole freaking government. And that's exactly where we are. And 250 years later, you'd have to say, well, the anti-federalists were right. And if Joe Biden and Donald Trump and George Bush and Barack Obama aren't the examples of it. I don't know what is. Yeah, it's a good point. Let's go to line two. You're next on Bill McLive. Good morning. 
Uh, good morning, Third Wisest Man and Dave. Uh, and Dave, I want to thank you for all the submarine information you gave us the, the, the last time. It's really fascinating stuff for those of us who haven't been there. Uh, I just wanted to leave you with a bit of a scripture verse and also a Mark Twain quote, if I can. Make it quick. We're running out of time here. Yeah, Revelation 18.23, the last part of the verse, and by thy sorceries uh, have all nations been deceived. That word sorceries in the Greek is pharmakia, uh, so you guys can do your own translation. And uh, also, uh, Mark Twain uh, once said, it is much easier to deceive a man than convince, or to fool a man than convince him that he has been fooled. So... uh, there you go. That's that, that, that fits the in. times. It really does. Skip, thank you. I appreciate it. A little Mark Twain for us this morning, Dave. That ought to hit you where you like it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite books is, is Tom Sawyer, which, of course, makes me politically incorrect. So there. Well, of course, by because the, that's where we live. By the way, the uh, the USS Connecticut we talked about last time did make it home safely. She is uh, here in the Puget Sound and safe and secure. They made it. You've been there to take a look yet? I, I know I, I can't not, imagine you haven't. I have not. It's it's a thirty minute drive up there, and and uh, I got grandkids and kids and everything else right now on Christmas. It's a lot bigger drive from Guam, Dave. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I figure I'll just wait till she comes here. So, uh, Dave Bowman, with us. You folks on hold, stay there. We'll get your thoughts in play. And I still want to take him to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and this whole Quidditch thing that's been going on. That's Besides, Corinne in Oak Harbor is a big Harry Potter fan. So, Dave, you'll you'll have that to look forward to when we come back. And we'll see what you think as we continue a Tuesday morning on Bill McLive. 321-768-1240. The time is 836. The McPherson Financial Group bringing you hour number three of our Tuesday morning on Bill McLive. The Boy Scouts bringing you Space Coast Light Fest through January the, I want to say third. I don't have my notes in front of me. It's at least the second. Wait a minute. It'll be here somewhere. January 2nd. See, I had it right. Anyway, mile worth of lights that you can drive through, the Hayride, Santa Claus, the other displays all helping the Boy Scouts with their premier fundraiser of the year. Uh, 20 bucks for a carload of up to 10 people to go through there, and, uh, of course, the other events there in play as well as it continues, a Space Coast holiday tradition here. 321-768-1240 as Dave Bowman joins us, host of Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast. You'll find it linked up at BillMick.com on today's show page. We've been talking about the government contractor reaction late last week to the coronavirus mandate for military contractors, and now they're saying, ah, we're not going to implement this because of, and then we got into the idea of regulation, and where did regu- how did regulation get to the point that it's been? Dave, let's get to the phones and talk that very thing. We'll start with Rod, who's in Grant. Hey, Rod, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Bill. Dave, as well. Um, did you ask a question a while ago, how did we get to this point? My take on it is since the end of World War II, we've been on a run that's been phenomenal. There's been no mass losses of life because of wars, et cetera. We got a ton of money. Everybody can get a job that wants one. And as a nation, we got lazy. And as parents, 
we got lazy and we didn't pay attention to the garbage that was fed into our kids. We put them in after after school programs, etc. They teach social studies, not civics. Young people today haven't got a flipping clue how any of this works and how any of this got here. And they really don't have a very strong sense of ownership of anything other than their own rights and feelings. And this is what you end up with. You end up with a bunch of people that don't pay attention. I mean, look, I've been self-employed my whole life. You will be hard-pressed to find someone that dislikes federal regulatory agencies more than me. <laughs> I mean, you're really going to have to look. I had a manufacturing company. We made furniture. OSHA used to just, I mean, they would pre-order their lunch and have it delivered in the morning when they were coming. We got tired of smelling pizza every Friday because that's what they ate. It was unbelievable. Nobody fights them. It's just you pay the extortion rate and you move on. Well, and now that you're a gun dealer, you deal with that more with the ATF, right? Oh, no, they're an absolute delight, Bill. <laughs> I mean, I can't wait to talk to them on a regular basis. Well, now, well, wait a minute. You, you do have good relationship with some of those people around because you and I have talked about it before. You, your grasp of sarcasm this morning is sorely lacking, my friend. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, I mean, and it's and you've got a situation where they're a great example. If you read the form you fill out, it's nothing more than a perjury trap. And here's the real fun with it. You get five ATF agents in a room. You set down something in front of them. Okay, here's what occurred. What are we going to do? You will get eight different opinions that can all be backed up. They can argue all of them because the ambiguity. I'm trying to say ambiguity. Yes. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Sorry, I'm not from West Virginia. Yeah. Um, Where oddly enough, they taught us English. Yeah. (laughs) I grew up in Miami. You know, take your own shots at that. They're fair. But they're so open to interpretation. Everybody gets tired of fighting. We just want to go about our business. Right. Well, the thing is, when they turn on you, you're toast. You're absolute toast. And you have built up zero goodwill because the power of the agency just overwhelms everything. Yeah, I mean, the running joke is they do everything in their power to give you a license and then do everything in their power to take it away from you the next day. And the pisser of the whole thing is I fund it. My tax money funds it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and true. they don't lose very often. But that's Dave, I hope I helped answer your question out there. Thanks, well, Rod. Glad you're here. Go ahead, Dave. It's something of a rhetorical question. I'm as he as he mentioned there about sarcasm. I've spent a lot of time studying this development and the way we do this, and it goes back a long ways. And literally since the beginning, since seventeen the ninety eight, the first Congress, Congress has been trying to divest itself of any responsibility and accountability. In, in 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 government and and put it all on the president so that they can blame him for for whatever's going on. There's nothing new here. It's it's frustrating because again, I had to be in my 40s before I learned all this stuff, and I consider myself to be fairly well educated, which means that I wasn't taught it, and I went to quote unquote good schools unquote, and I joined the military. Bill, I raised my right hand and said, I swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. The only thing I knew about it was I had a right to free speech, a right to religion, and a right to own guns. That's it. That's all I knew. You know, these kids today, they talk about, well, I don't have to obey a, an unlawful order. How would you even know what one is? Because you don't know this history. You don't know anything about all this stuff. And, and what he said about the obfuscation and the ambiguity of things is absolutely correct. 
they've intentionally made this so confusing that the average person doesn't even know half the things they're doing wrong every day. And they've done that on purpose, and we've let them do it because we don't hold anybody accountable, and Congress has thrown off that accountability. Yep, and very sadly, that is true. Back to the phones we go. Meg is in Melbourne. Meg, welcome to Bill McLive. Hello. Howdy. Um, so what are the employees that may lose their job and benefits and new homes they bought to come here and work, or the soldiers in the Army, what are they going to do? Like, I remember back when there was a lot of layoffs at the um, Space Center, they were they became um, greeters at Walmart. Like, you know, is it worth it to not take the shot and lose your job? It's a quandary folks are being put into. Dave, you have any further thoughts there? It's a hard question to answer. I I don't know what the local economy is there. I don't know what it – up here, I I don't know what Boeing people would do. They would leave. I know that. Uh, It's hard for me because I'm, you know, I'm retired, so I don't work anyway. But, you know, I've watched my wife struggle with this. I've watched family members struggle with this. What do we do? And the answer is for each individual to decide. One of the things I've always hated in life is when people think they have me trapped. Oh, you have to do this because otherwise we'll fire you and then you'll be screwed. Well, you know, I'm I'm a lot better at things than you think I am and a lot more skilled at things than you think I am. I can always find something else to do if I need to. And more adaptable, absolutely. Right. And so, but do does everybody think that way? I know that they don't. I know a lot of people think that they're trapped in their jobs. Well, Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Hey, maybe you could take out a several hundred thousand dollar loan for college that you'll get forgiven and get a, get other job skills. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to go there again, but I do have a place I do want to travel with Dave Bowman when we continue in just 60 seconds here on Bill McLaw. 321-768-1240. Let you jump in as we wrap up things on a Tuesday with Dave Bowman. Uh, com. if you want to catch up with his podcast there. Dave, uh, we talked about this briefly via chat earlier, um, but I want to take you to geekdom for a little bit, specifically the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And our friend Corinne in Oak Harbor out there near you is probably one of the most uh, Potter-engaged adults that I know. She and her kids just really enjoy that world. And uh, some folks living in geekdom have stolen – the game Quidditch, which is a game where these wizards from uh, Hogwarts school fly around on brooms and compete in a, what do you call it, a hockey-like, basketball-like, football-like game in the air. And, and they stole the name of this to create some Quidditch competition on the ground around the world. What do you know about this actual Quidditch game that these folks play? Anything? Absolutely nothing, Bill. I know nothing about Harry Potter whatsoever. I have no knowledge of this. And and in fact, uh, I only read the first book for reasons that you're well familiar with, for a person that you're well familiar with. And beyond that, uh-huh. I know nothing about it. I, I refuse to admit I know anything about it. You said something in our conversation that led me to believe that that you have seen at least or understood what they were doing. Like, they're running around in fields on broomsticks so, thinking so, they can fly? What? So here's the thing, Bill, and you know you know the person I'm talking about. I read this book for for a girl because that's what guys do, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know what it is. 
But yeah, these adults playing Kidditch, and, and let's be clear, this is not hockey, so let's let's not even go there. So it's just it's just people pretending to fly on brooms and <laughs> and pretend that they're magic. I mean I don't know. We used to do that when I was six, I guess, but this is a well, yeah, exactly something you would do as a kid, but adults picking this up now, number one, they stole the name of her creation and created this U.S. Quidditch and Major League Quidditch uh, franchises, I guess they are. Major and, League Quidditch. <laughs> Jeez, sorry. Do what? Major League Quidditch. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, they now are going to run away from the name that they stole from J.K. Rowling because she has some common sense ideas on gender like women don't menstruate or have children, and they're, they feel like maybe they're punishing her by changing the name of her. If I'm, if I'm J.K. Rowling, I'm going to say, goodbye, good riddance, and I'm glad you won't be using the name anymore. Right. Why doesn't she sue them for using it in the first place for copyright well, infringement? she signed it over to Warner Brothers for the movie. Jeez, oh, that was dumb. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I guess she's in hot water because she tweeted. Yeah, it's billions of dollars worth of right. dumb to her. Right. She tweeted last week, I guess, something about, and, and I don't know if I can even say this on the air, about transgender females, and and it had to do with a crime, and, and, and the like. You can look it up yourself. It, this whole thing is just insane to me. I mean, I, Kittich, it's, it's, it's a pretend game in a pretend book. That you're pretending in a pretend world. In a pretend world. I mean, who's paying to see this? That's what I want to know. Because I'm not buying well, tickets. Who knows? They're probably yeah. charging these people to play. Here, give us fifty dollars and we'll let you play Kidditch, or pretend to play Kidditch. Uh huh. <laughs> that's here's that's... what they had to say about this. Uh, the governing body, the International Quidditch Association says one of the sport's values is inclusivity. As a community, we want our sport to be inclusive of people of different ethnicities, cultural backgrounds, ages, languages, genders, sexual orientations. This is on their website. Right. Uh, a key demonstration of this is the gender ruling Quidditch, whereby players are able to play as the gender that they identify as, including non-binary genders. So, but isn't this based yeah, on Harry I'm Potter? Rallying, I'm saying goodbye and good riddance. Right. Isn't this based on the Harry Potter books? I mean, yes. I read the Harry Potter book, the first one. And uh-huh. isn't the whole point of this is that they're not inclusive? In other words, the muggles don't get to go to Hogwarts? Exactly. So we're really not about inclusiveness then, right? We're back to being binary. Apparently again. we're not. So Apparently. And, and by the way, when you identify as non-binary, Somebody pointed this out the other day. Don't you actually create another binary where you either are non-binary or right. you're not? Right, which means you're back to being binary again. So I, really, Bill, I think this is a brilliant thing, though. If they're getting people to pay to play Kidditch, they're making a lot of money for something that, you know, I mean, it's very Pet Rock-esque. So. It's, it's pure, it, if they were playing it online in a virtual world, it might be something else. Dave Bowman, thank you. I appreciate it. The McPherson Financial Group made the hour possible. Anything you missed, pick it up in the podcast section at BillMick.com, and we'll see you tomorrow for Wide Open Wednesday.